it's episode 10. What's 10 in Spanish? Diez? Diez. Yeah. I had dough stuck in my head. That ain't right. I always know. Five. Which is Ocho. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> April Fools. Ha! Oh my god, the kids with April Fools today. Right. So I told my oldest today, I convinced him that when he was born, he had a sixth toe. <laughs> and I showed him this crease along the side of one of his feet and told him that that's where the scar was from removing his toe. And he so fell for it. I'm happy I got home just in time to, to hear that one. He was so upset when we told him he didn't have a sixth toe. <laughs> He's like, that I'm was special. hysterical. No, I'm not. So anyway, I'm Emily. I'm Joel. And this is Drink Drunk Dead. Episode 10. It only took 10 episodes for us to be synced up on that dead. Yeah, we knew we'd get there eventually. So when I was listening to our audio last week when I was editing it, the cats went crazy. I didn't even realize while we were recording how crazy those cats had been. The whole time all you hear is thump, 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 playing under the table. No idea. Y'all just got to deal with it. Sorry, y'all. Either deal with it or send us a kitty pen because oh, they the, Wegmans, that laser. the Wegmans bags only keep them busy for so long. Oh, yeah. They freaking love those Wegman bags. I know. He's in it already. So what are you drinking tonight? What is West that? drinking wine. Golden Monkey. Victory, Victory. Golden Monkey. Victory Go- it's... um. I at first picked it because it was nine and a half percent, but then I actually liked it. That's and a good reason to pick something, nine and a half percent alcohol. Well, yeah, that's like three beers right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't drink beer. Beer's gross. Normal beers are between like three and five percent. So it's like two that to three beers to right there. That just adds to the nastiness of them. Why would you even bother drinking it? What do you mean? Beer's gross. It's the same with wine. Wine's only like 11%. Wine is delicious, though. Speaking no. of wine, you don't I'm like drinking beer wine. You because you're a nerd. And it's delicious. Loser. Mine is Cellier de Dauphin. Which means Pantry of pantry the King. Pantry of the Prince. Prince. Dauphin is Prince. We didn't have enough money for the, the King's Pantry. Apparently not, but this was really highly rated, and I can see why. It is so good. We picked it up from Wegmans because with the lockdown, everything else is closed. So Wegmans is the only place we can really, aside you, from getting beer, it's the only place we can get wine. Do you see liquor sales? Right? The Online? statistics. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, but um, the day before the liquor stores closed, alcohol sales were up 50%, like 53%. Oh, I'm not surprised. Online sales. I think we were together when we heard this, actually. Online mm-hmm. is 243%. I'm not surprised by that, though. People are going to be locked in their houses with nothing else to do, especially if you're locked in your houses with kids. I can totally relate. Yeah. We both can totally relate. When they go to bed, that's when you whip her out. Yeah, right? We love you, children. Sometimes you are the reason we drink. But yeah, so I'm having a... It's a Cote de Rome. Cote de Rome. Cote de Rome. It's delicious. I really like this wine. I'm definitely buying it, it again. It's delicious. It is delicious. It was a little oh, more oh, than oh, that oh. Uh, De Ribabal that I really like. Yeah, but they're all sold out. Of yeah, it was also. Apparently, everybody else likes it. It's so good. It's probably because they 
given the free the free samples that one day it's probably one that they do uh, because it's also rated at 97 oh is it i'm not surprised they're both so good that was sexy at least i didn't do it right into the mic (laughs) that does help i appreciate that because i'm the one who edits all this stuff you're welcome it's a pain in the butt editing sometimes we've been trying a uh, some new stuff the past few weeks trying to really get our audio up trying to get the especially the volume up that's been a bit of a challenge so here's hoping it's just getting better from here we'll see don't judge me I don't know what I'm doing if you stuck around with us thank you oh we got a new listener out in California was it San Jose I can't remember I'd have to look but we got somebody who decided to sit down and binge through all our episodes. So they liked us enough to stick around, which is saying something because our first episode was rough. Rough. It was rough. <sighs> but, we're just that good, apparently. Yeah, we're so delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you this week? Anything special? Um, Going crazy? I'm not yet diagnosed as clinically insane. But I don't think you need a diagnosis um, for that. I'm pretty sure everybody around you knows it. But I also can't get to the doctor's office for them to diagnose me. So you could. You're just in not the meantime, putting in the effort. No, they no, you couldn't. They're no. not taking on people for that kind of bullshit. Right now, hell yeah. No, they're they're telling people to stay home. They're doing diagnosis over the phone. They could easily diagnose you over the phone. I don't have minutes left. Dude, that is so early 2000s. All right. And what? <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to get really stir crazy. I'm going crazy being locked up in the house. and Just trying now? To, well, with trying to do the kids' classes and trying to do our classes online. And the kids are insane. We got to be positive for our viewers. I know. I actually Take it had, one day at a time. I actually wanted to kind of do a little short little talk because everything that everybody's going through right now, I think it's important to acknowledge that anxiety and depression are probably a really big thing right now. And as somebody who has dealt with postpartum depression and who deals with anxiety on the regular, I can relate. And if you're feeling like this way, feeling like this way, that's good. If you're feeling this way, I know it's, cliche but go talk to somebody tell somebody because it makes a huge difference to get it off of your chest there were things that i found that worked for me after i got off of my anti-anxiety meds things like meditation or literally forcing myself to remember the things that made me happy and try and take myself away from whatever was stressing me out at that moment it's hard to do but it's worth it because right now everybody's stressed Got to push through. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard, but maybe there's a little bit of, I don't know, peace in knowing that you're not alone. Everybody's going through this. It's like a worldwide thing. Right. So it's hard to feel like, you know, like the world is crashing down on you, but you are not the only one going through this. I think that's the biggest thing. Sometimes, like when I went through postpartum, I felt like a terrible mom for a while. But I sought help because I knew that if I didn't, I was worried. I was worried for my kids. I was worried for me. I was worried for my family. And I didn't want to let it get there. And I felt very much alone and judged. But right now, 
whatever you're going through, you are definitely not alone. Talk to somebody, write it down, do something that makes you happy, whatever. You can shoot me a message if you want. I've been there. I've dealt with it. I'm totally here to support you. It sucks. I know. You just got to grab a family size tub of chicken from KFC. Binge Dave. That is a hysterical show. And yes, get out a few tears and then you'll feel better about yourself. Dave, And then you will shit your brains and you'll feel bad about yourself again. But it's okay. It's just temporary. That's true. Shitting your brains out does suck. But at this point in time, if you're eating that much food, maybe shitting your brains out is a good thing. It'll keep you from gaining too much weight (laughs) (laughs) from couch potatoing it all the time. I saw this one thing and somebody posted it on their Instagram story. It was, um, I'm guessing it was like a parent or somebody put it up, a sign in the fridge. It said, um, said, you're not hungry. You're fucking bored. Just get out of the, like, get out of the fridge. Mm Mm-hmm. That's funny. It's so true. How many posts have you seen about people that they're going through all their food because there's just, you're, you're sitting in your house and it's right there in front of your face and you're bored. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You eat. Mm-hmm. Bad choices. Don't do that. <laughs> Ted said he's been so bored because he got laid off. So he, he literally has nothing to do really other than his music. Mm-hmm. He said he went out to his grandparents' house every day for the past like week and a half and they live all the way out in lake city oh that's a good drive and he lives in you know not too far from us so that's East Erie, yeah. that's an about an hour drive that's a good drive yeah so you want he's bored do you want to do a plug for his music since you're already on it i don't even know what to plug it through oh it's on spotify isn't it mm-hmm. yeah What's venom it? x venom x venom like uh spider-man venom let me check Edit this part out. I'm a bad friend right now. <laughs> I'm almost positive it's Venomax. Venomax, I was right. There's your lovely hold music. All right. Along you. with a little belch. Sorry. So, I've been, you know, trying to keep myself sane. And one of the things that I've been doing is reading. Where the fuck did you pull that My from? <laughs> Do you have that in your butt cheeks or something? <laughs> it was on the chair. I was ready to just whip this thing up like well, a fucking infomercial. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you looking for a spine-chilling thriller? Then this is the book for you. The Haunting of Blackwood House by Darcy Coates. It takes a look at young Mara as she buys her first house and it turns out to be haunted it's good so she's this uh probably early 20 something that was raised in a house of spiritualists so people really believed in the paranormal and she does not believe her experiences as a child pushed her to not believe she thinks it's all a sham and a hoax and explainable so she goes experiences what like how she was raised uh, the family she was raised in. yeah her family was raising her to be a medium so somebody that communicates right. with the dead, right? So she she's out on her own. She's been on her own for four years ever since. So she's 22. And uh, she's dating, oh my God, what? Neil. So she's been dating Neil for like six months. And she saves up the money and she goes to buy a house. The house that she wants to buy falls through and she's forced to buy another house. And she ends up with this building that she's just really oddly drawn to and it's in the middle of nowhere and it has this really dark history and she goes, 
I don't care about the history. The history doesn't make the house because she doesn't believe in ghosts. She her experiences as a child with the spiritualist community convinced her that it's all fake. So she buys this house and moves in and all this weird stuff starts happening and it's it's a really good it was definitely a page turner. I could not stop reading this book. I had a really hard time putting it down. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's a thrill a minute, but it is definitely something that keeps you wanting to read the next chapter and they're short little chapters and i think that's part of the thing that makes you want to read it because you're going oh the next chapter is only going to be five pages long here i can read this no problem Mm -mm. i would it was so hard not to read through that whole book in one night nights where we lay in there one o'clock in the morning and i can't put the book down right yeah so I highly recommend it. I'm definitely going to be buying more stuff from Darcy Coates because this was a good book. I enjoyed it, and it was a fantastic escape right now. Talking about not being able to put the book down, shall we get into our... So, are you saying we've had our drinks? I am, and we're definitely on our way to being drunk. If we're not already a little drunk. Now it's time for the dead. What's our topic today? dead topic i'm excited for this topic um this is a big word so bear with me rhine car do you want me to help you with it rhine car nation i feel like it's 50 first dates when he's pretending that he can't read the menu Pam, Pam clocks. <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't part. remember that? It's hysterical. It cracks me up. That was such a good movie. Reincarnation. That is our topic for tonight. Are you ready for And this? Psh, just so you guys know, I definitely knew that's what it was. Uh huh. You're just so good at reading. Engineers are also good at reading, right? We know how to read numbers. Yes, you do know how to read numbers. Sometimes. You definitely don't know how to read people. You're funny. <laughs> Don't hate me. I love you. I can read you right now. Evil you're looks. Evil looks. Am I right? What? I said you're in love. Oh, is that what that was? It looked like you were about to shit your pants. No, I was reading you. Oh. Was my reading you <laughs> face. That was definitely your pooping face. <laughs> so reincarnation. Let me give you a little bit of background on reincarnation. And this is a really brief background. So the idea of reincarnation has been around for a really, really long time, basically since the dawn of humanity. And most religions, most Christianity is one that doesn't, but most religions have some kind of belief in it. And it's found in cultures all over the world. So it was found in Native American cultures, South Native American cultures. I don't know if that's what you'd call it. It's found in the Middle East. It's found in Asia, Africa, everywhere, right? It's the belief that after death, a soul can be reborn into a new body. And depending on where you're at and depending on your religion, some believe that human souls can only be reborn into human bodies. And others believe that your actions in life dictate what sort of creature you'll be reborn into. So you might be reborn as a slug if you're a piece of shit. And then I'm going to dump salt on you because slugs are gross. I would enjoy being a slug. You just like sliming everything up? Yeah. You'd be like, ha ha, bitches, eat my slime. <laughs> right. No, but I'd As be... You, those things can actually move, man. Yeah. They cruise. Actually, I'd want to be a snail, and then I'd be like turbo. Yes. 
You can have the little number on your side. What was his number? I can't remember. It was like 91 or something. I, have, I don't know. That was such a good movie. Past life memories, which are often associated with reincarnation. It's kind of self-explanatory. Past life memory, memory of past life. So supposedly they're memories of where your soul has previously resided. But I've never heard of somebody having a past life memory of being a dog or a horse or something. I've only ever heard of it being past life memories of another person. I don't know. I don't know if there's a reason for that. Whatever. Most sources I found agree that past life memories are far more common in the young. So the really young. And they tend to fade over time. But there's ongoing research into adults having these memories also. It's not as common, but it does happen. Dr. Jim Tucker is well-known psychiatrist and an author. He's a professor of psychiatry and neurobehavioral sciences at the University of... What was his of name? Jim Tucker. Jim B. Tucker? Yes. <laughs> so you did a story with him in it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he's he's really well-known. He's written quite a few books, and some of them I, I was looking... I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I want to get that, and I'll talk about it on this podcast because it looked really interesting. And we don't talk about what we do beforehand. We just say the general story of what we're doing so mm-hmm. the other one doesn't do it that's kind of funny well so, i guess he's he's pretty much the only one that does it so it makes no sense. he's not well one of the only he's ones one of the does most it. well-known but yeah so he's a professor of psychiatry and neurobehavioral sciences at the university of virginia and he's uh the director of the university's division of Perpe- perceptual studies where he's continuing the work of his mentor Dr. Ian Stevenson, who's one of the, he's actually a little mm-hmm. more well-known. Right. Uh, and they do work, or they, Ian Stevenson did work with children, and now that's what Jim Tucker's doing. Yeah, And the continued. case files and everything. So, yeah, they're he doing work on. He died in 2007, correct? Stevenson? Yeah. I know he retired in 2002. I don't know when he passed away. Yeah, I think he. He was pretty up there, though. He'd been doing it for a while, quite a while. He'd been looking into this. This has been a pretty popular thing since, like, the 50s or 60s. looking into it but so according to dr tucker 100 percent of the people that report past life remembrance are kids but to be fair he specifically studies this in children and (laughs) (laughs) right so like i don't know why you can say 100 percent of it happens in children if that's all you're really looking at and there are loads of accounts of adults that have said hey i have this past life memory and there are Plenty of um, regression, past life regression therapists that deal with adults. So it's clearly something that isn't just with children. Is it like they have it as children and they continue it into their adult years or they start getting these memories in when they're adult? They get them as adults. So for the vast majority of what happens with past life memories, um, for it's children mostly. And it starts around 35 months, which I think is a really weird time frame. It's not exactly, it's not 36 months, a year and a half. It's 35. That's Wait. probably an average. Yeah. Maybe. And it usually fades by age six or seven. And then, so that's most cases. Then you have others where it's um, adults who are out at specific places. Like I think there was a gentleman that, is pretty positive he's uh, the reincarnation of Lieutenant Gordon or something from the Civil War and 
they had all kinds of weird things that lined up in their lives and even his that they looked the same and he didn't have any idea who this person was until he went to Antietam and started having all these experiences anyway so it happens with adults too and it happens later in life but for the kids the memories that they recall are often really really detailed like unusually detailed and specific oh hey I know all the parts of this plane that the only people that are going to know the parts of this plane are people who've flown it kind of thing mm-hmm. and a lot of times these memories can be really emotional for the kids it's heartbreaking for them because they miss their their homes or their lives or their families or what they had before and there are loads of accounts of this happening it just there are probably thousands of them. It's just, it's unbelievably common that it happens for kids. And um, there's a lot of research that involves family and researchers that have investigated these past life memories. So people who are actively investigating this will meet with these kids, they'll get these stories, and then they'll oftentimes take these kids out to these places where they supposedly remember and see if this is pulling back any Deeper memories. Deeper memories. Yeah. And there are documented cases of these children knowing things that there's really no way that they should know. Even the parents probably would have no way of knowing this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It really is weird. <laughs> See, one of the things with that even is um, oftentimes with with kids, like the cases that are reported are probably far under-recorded too because mm-hmm. it's often just seen as... Kids' you know, imagination. Their imagination, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they aren't taken seriously. And So I wanted to close out this little kind of PSA on reincarnation with um, what are some signs that someone might have a past life. And some of these are kind of eh, but some of them I could see. So deja vu. If you really experience a lot of deja vu. I like, have a lot of deja vu. Hey, I've been there before. That might be a sign that you've had a past life. Memories of things that have never happened to you. That's kind of a... That seems a little duh. Recurring dreams or nightmares of specific places, people, or events that you shouldn't know. So this is like those kids that can remember flying a plane in Iwo Jima or something, right? I heard this one thing one time. This one thing one time. Um, it was like if, if you haven't seen it in your dreams, your brain brain isn't able to... To create it, to mm-hmm. generate that vision. But I feel like that's false. I feel like that's false too because we create things all the time in our minds that have never been seen. How many times have we created creatures that don't exist? Um, Kids go to Candyland. never. We create things that aren't But real. they have seen Candyland and often those things that they create exist. Uh, maybe. I agree with you in that, but I'm just saying in there. I don't know. It's like I feel like I've definitely people pictured really remember things. remember their dreams though? Right, like I've definitely seen people in my dreams that I have I have Never no met. recollection yeah. of ever meeting, but that's not to say that maybe I didn't see them in passing and, and the brain remembers it, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And they put it in my dream, you know. Yeah. Well, there was one story I was briefly looking at about a little boy who said he was a like a fighter pilot in World War II and he knew parts of the inside and outside of a plane that really, they don't even show in documentaries. He, he had the names for them that pilots call them. His family, they weren't World War II history buffs or anything. They had a, they'd watched a few documentaries, but nothing that had this kind of information in it. 
And there's no way that this little kid really should have known this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That would be bad. I almost knocked that it over. Oh my horrible, god, I would have been dude. so sad if I knocked over my laptop. Right on your phone. Either it would have landed on your phone or your laptop. Okay. So some more things that might be signs are fears and phobias. If you have like uncontrollable fears and phobias, they also said OCD might be a sign of yeah, I don't know. Affinity for unfamiliar cultures, time periods, or environments. So I could see that. If you feel have you ever felt that way? I've always felt like I don't okay. really belong right. in this time period. I my belong uncle somewhere always else. said that, like he belongs in the to be born in like in my grandpa's, you know, mm-hmm. when my grandpa was born, he belonged. To, he he always says he he feels like he should have grown up in the sixties and seventies. Yep, and it it's weird when you feel that way because you really feel that way. It's it's not just having yeah, an interest for, in it; it's feeling like there's something about you that was there that you know pieces of that or it's really familiar to you in in odd ways yeah like your conscience would be more comfortable there mm-hmm. i feel like it's personally it's it'd be cool to grow up in a different generation like i would have loved to as i am now would have loved to grow up in like the 80s or 90s like my age now but in the 80s or 90s oh so you wanted to grow up in my time no like i would be 22 in the 80s just because there was so much cool shit happening i would have loved to have been a part of creating those things oh the cats are fighting in the background sorry if you hear that then we wouldn't have a podcast so yeah i guess it's a good thing that we grew up when we did i have a few more for you here and i think these are kind of interesting ones irresistible passions so this is like it's not just being good at something or enjoying something like a collector this is a drive that you can't fight like i'm a woodworker and i really need to be a woodworker kind of thing Mm -hmm. just that you love it beyond explanation and i think a lot of people experience that sort of thing i could totally get that like that was maybe your past life profession or something, whatever. Birthmarks are a really big one. Birthmarks come up a lot as um, symbols of where your past life ended. Mm-hmm. And I see this over and over in the stories that I've researched about reincarnation are birthmarks. They come up repeatedly. And then inexplicable pain. So if you have pain at a certain time in your life that can't be pinpointed or pain in a part of your body whatever but it's this pain that doctors cannot explain they really don't know why it's Can't happening attribute it to something. yeah and that's i think what that uh the the fire chief that thought he was the former civil war guy reincarnated he had something similar where it was an inexplicable pain around age 30 which was the same time that this uh i think he had a pain in his jaw at age 30 which is the same time that the guy in the Civil War had been shot in the jaw. Mm-hmm. So, stuff like that. I <laughs> There's a lot of belief that uh, there's no such thing as a new soul. We're all old souls. That we've all been around. Some of us remember it. Some of us don't. I don't know how to reconcile that with the belief in ghosts. Because there's the belief of, you know, intelligent haunts. So something that realizes it's stuck there and it's re- going through these motions forever, right? Mm-hmm. 
and maybe it can change its environment and it interacts or there are the ones that are just kind of on repeat yeah. more like an imprint on time but i don't really know how to reconcile all souls are old souls with some souls getting stuck right does that make sense especially with seven point more people on this planet than have ever existed how do you have all souls or old souls right that one i can't work through unless maybe an insect is now a person that's true there is that belief of being able to move up through reincarnation and adjust yourself but then again we also have how many creatures on this planet and you can be reincarnated as one of them so i don't know maybe the proportions have been lowering Maybe. We've been killing off quite a bit. That's possible. Yeah. So, I hear that you have a story for me. How did you hear this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's wow. just uh, maybe my past life knew this. Already. Damn. Is your past life a future teller? There's the belief in future? retrospect. and what What's the one that's future spect? Future spect? It's not a word. It ain't future spect. But that's what I'm going with. Pretend. Successor sect. What? Successor sect. Sure, why not? The successor. What's your story? <laughs> Just move into it. Because you fail. Yeah, I failed. In life. All right. That's... Give me more wine. <laughs> <laughs> so you already ruined it, but it's this is um, research that was done by. The professor that you were talking about, Jim, Jim B. B. Tucker. Jim B. Tucker. Sounds like a drink. It does kind of. Jim or B. a distillery. Yeah. Uh, so this is a story of, or the accounts, I should say, rather, of Ryan Hammonds. And it begins at the age of four when he began to have experiences that to a normal adult would kind of just seem like play or, you know, a child's imagination. His parents would hear him shouting action from his bedroom um, as if he were like directing a movie, you know. So he would do these, just these kind of little things. And around the age of five, he had begun walking, uh, waking up in the middle of the night screaming and grabbing at his chest, saying that he dreamed his heart exploded when he was in Hollywood. That's a really oddly specific dream for a five-year-old to have. Right. Especially something so gory. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't mean, remember the dreams I had as a five-year-old. Dream about weird but, shit, so. Um, so his mother turned to traditional doctors for answers, and to which they would only, you know, just tell her that it was night terrors, and he would quickly grow out of them. It's a phase. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that, though. Yeah, you can't I mean... really say that they're wrong for it. It's not everybody's first idea, especially in a, a topic that's so controversial kind of taboo right um so one night as she was putting ryan to sleep he said that he needed to tell her something and he says mama i think i used to be someone else he would tell stories of meeting famous actresses and taking fancy vacations overseas he would talk about going home to hollywood and said he lived on a street with the word rock in it rock rock uh, he told his mom that he remembers a big white house with a swing, swimming pool and having three sons, but he couldn't remember their names. And he'd begun wailing 
in the middle of the night over and over again questioning why he couldn't remember the names like he was genuinely upset that he couldn't remember his kids names that's sad that has to be hard as a parent because what do you do right because like you know as you know your child they don't have kids they're four uh years old five years old but at the same time this kid feels like you know how kids are when it comes to emotions look at look at my oldest when he feels like you're sad and he just he completely breaks down the idea of not being able to remember your loved ones, of losing that, I could only imagine how that would break a child's heart. Yeah. Because the emotions seem to be very real to oh, them. Oh, they're, they're raw. Yeah. Uh, so his mom, whose name is Cindy, grew up a Baptist and had never really considered reincarnation as you know a reason behind all of this. She kept these memories a secret from everyone, including her husband. Oh, wait. So she's hearing all this from her son? Right. But just her. Dad isn't. Apparently not. Co-parenting wins right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan had continued having these memories and was very insistent about them. He carried on about not remembering the kids' names still. Like this was something that really just was a big deal for him. Um, so Cindy had begun to do research and would check out books from the local library uh, about Hollywood. It was the hope that it would somehow help her son uh, kind of make sense of some of these memories. Mm-hmm. One day as they were paging through a book, Ryan had stopped and pointed at a black and white photo uh, taken from a 1930s movie, Night After Night. There were two men centered in the picture and four others surrounding them. <laughs> the cat just ran into the wall. <laughs> dumb, dumb. I have to tell you, since we're on it, I was playing with Poppy in my mom's house uh-huh. today with a laser pointer, and I got her going real fast down the hallway, and she fucking smashed into the oven so hard. She was like... <laughs> <laughs> you feel bad but they get up and they shake it off like i it's don't nothing. feel bad because it was it's hilarious. hysterical <laughs> did i ever tell you about the time my cat my old cat purity saw the the, the couch oh. no she was outside and she freaked out and she sees the couch up against the sliding glass door and she tries to jump on the couch and she cartoons it with all four legs out on the glass and just slides yeah. down it. it was fucking hysterical cats are funny man I felt like an asshole for laughing at her because she smacked that thing. <laughs> but they're good. I mean, they got so nine lives. They shake so it off like we're chilling. Anyway, I saw we? this. I saw this picture on Instagram, <laughs> and it was an octopus. Or yeah, okay, so it was um like an octopus who had eight guns, and it was holding a cat up at ransom or something like that. And, and the, the cat's cat, like, bitch, I got nine go- lives. No, the cat something. goes, you're one short, buddy. That's funny. <laughs> All right, so back to the... <laughs> so he's looking at this picture. He points out. Um, he says, hey, mama, that's George. We did a picture together. And then he moves his finger to the right, pointing to a man in an overcoat and scouting... Scouting? Sporting a scowl. And he says, that guy's me. I found me. So he was cranky in his past life. And he's like, yay, that's me. It's from a movie. Not that he was cranky. It's a still from a movie. Correct. Okay. 
That makes more sense. Well, not a still, but a photograph from the set. So, at this point, Cindy had turned to Professor Jim B. Tucker. Uh, he is a associate psychiatry professor at the UVA Medical Center's Division of Perceptual Studies. Is he still an associate? I, th- I think he's probably moved At the point of the article that I read. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so 15 years prior to when this all all taken place, Tucker had been investigating claims of children between the ages of two and six uh, who said they had had past lives. So I'll get a little bit into, take a step away from kind of the story with Ryan and talk more about reincarnation in Jim Tucker's research. If you hear some weird scraping in the background, that would be our cats playing with each other underneath the door. Ooh. It sounds a little dirty. Playing with each other underneath the door. Is it like a Play glory hole for kitties? The door. Hey. Ew. If those don't exist, we shall start something. Glory holes for cats? Yeah. No. There has to be a market. Ugh. Let's exploit it. I feel like there would be one for dogs and their fucking red rockets. Probably. Dog dicks are so weird, dude. It's gross, man. So some of these accounts are vivid enough to give enough detail to trace back to an actual person from these children. Some cases uh, can obviously be discounted, like, you know, family who's just trying to catch a movie deal using Mm -hmm. their child to tell these fraudulent stories. That's sad when that happens. Right. And there's all too many of them. Like, come on. (laughs) Don't use your kid that way. Yeah. Don't be a shithead. Yeah. Don't be Macaulay Culkin's parents. Macaulay Culkin. Is that a real story? Macaulay Culkin's parents using him to catch a ride? Yeah, they stole all his fucking money. That poor kid. Oh, I thought you were literally talking about the movie Home Alone. Like the story of Home Alone. And they made it into a movie. I thought this was true. No, no, no. It's He was a Hollywood child star and his parents I know who took he all is, of his yeah. money. Yeah. No, I'm, that's what I'm just saying. They took all of his money. That's why he's a crackhead now? He's better now. I love you, Macaulay. You're part of my childhood. I don't judge you. Life is hard, especially in Hollywood. Right. I can't relate. Can't relate. But I know it is hard. I can see it's hard, man. Yeah. All right. So. Fucking cork in my wine. Damn it. So what? You complain about everything, don't you? <laughs> uh, so uh, you know another one that they can kind of discredit is when it's clear that a child's statements come from within a family that desperately misses a loved one. So a child that's kind of coping with things on their own in a manner that kind of reflects this reincarnation. They're maybe seeing something that isn't really there. Right. They're they're hoping for something that Remembering isn't really things, happening. Yeah. Um, in Ryan's case, Tucker says, the most logical scientific explanation for a claim is as simple as it is astounding. Somehow, the child recalls memories from another life. And Dr. Tucker, as well as myself, kind of views this from a scientific aspect. It's not just like, you know, like... They don't just I don't want to say religious they, or anything. It's, yeah. it's He actually puts some thought into this. Yeah. But he views this... Um, or he sees this as happening from um, quantum physics. Yes, I did hear that brought up multiple times. So quantum physics indicates that our physical world may grow out of our consciousness. And it's a view not held just by him, uh, but a number of physicists as well. 
So I, I didn't put it in my script here, but what he was kind of, he referred to the, um, the slit experiment, if you're familiar with that. <laughs> yes. It always makes me laugh. The slit experience experiment sounds dirty, but yes, do you want to have one, our own slit experiment tonight? That's the one where they like bounce electrons through the slit. Light. Is it light? It's light. And they, they see like the refraction mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically the kind of the thing is, is on the, um, wall opposing the light facing the light through these two slits is a photon sensor so it's able to pick up and mm-hmm. light particles that hit it and it would sense things in a different manner that if we looked at it with our physical eyes so if we observed it the two were different so kind of like what well, if we see it it won't exist but it actually does exist right it, they're no. really cool experiments i've i've seen them in yeah. uh well, i've read about them in books and seen them online and stuff but uh-huh. i know what they are they're yeah cool. so he he relates a lot of this to quantum physics physics is fucked up man right so kind of like consciousness um is not connected to a body rather it's kind of you know floating around like a like an atom in the sky or something. That is oddly related to Christian science. We brought that up in, uh, from our listener story in the last episode. Christian science believes that our physical bodies aren't really real. It's our mind is real, but not the body. Uh-huh. So you, it's not like you exist in any one place or time. So I don't know specifically because I haven't been part of the church since I was a little kid. I don't really remember. That reincarnation is a thing, but yeah, that sounds like something along those lines of you exist and you never, you are matter and energy, but you aren't like a physical being. Right. So it's kind of like your, your consciousness is floating around this mm-hmm. earth and it eventually finds a place to land and that's you as we, you and I see it, you know, it's, it's your body and, and your burps and your farts and stuff and. But consciousness, as it is commonly referred to, they do. They're always there. But consciousness itself, the you know the idea of consciousness exists in a different state that is not connected to one's body. That's how he views it, and I would agree. I mean, I've always kind of seen it that way as well. In re like reading his research and the way he describes things, kind of reassured it. Your chair's squeaking a lot. Sounds like you're fucking. Talking about fucking? End it right here. Let's do it. Zip cut done. Bye, guys. (laughs) So, through his research of over 2,500 cases, uh, he has formed some interesting statistics about reincarnation. And that also, those cases include what you said was Dr. Stevens. Ian Stevenson. Ian Stevenson. Um, Because he continued his work. So 60% of children who claim past life memories are male. Huh. Roughly 70%. (laughs) I wonder if women feel the need to block it out. (laughs) 
Huh? I said, I wonder if women feel the need to block it out. Our lives are far darker. That's what you think? Yep. Hmm. You guys maybe, you go out and you battle and shit. We these... gotta deal with the screaming kids and crap at home. You have it so hard. You don't even know. <laughs> you really don't. It's not like I haven't lived with children for the past. What, year? Two years. No, one year. They moved They've been a part summer. of my life as far as long as you've been a part of my life. Ish. Just wait. When we have babies, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. And even then, I bet it's still going to mostly be mine. Doubt it. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm too old for this. You're the one who wants to have babies. Anyways. That is very true. It is totally going to happen. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, I'm an old ass bitch. You wanted the kids. This is all on you. Yeah, you psych. get up in the middle of the night. Psych. <laughs> Making y'all ass get up. Because I'm the breadwinner. Or I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. Didn't you say that I am your sugar mama? You are not yet my sugar mama. So, at that point, if you become my sugar mama full-time, then I will get up in the middle of the night and take care of the kid. Have I not been your sugar mama in the past? You bought me a PlayStation. What's up? Mm-hmm. She looking at me for I'm looking at you because I think your memory is flawed. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Roughly 70%. Young kids smoking out all their memory. They can't remember a damn thing. What do you think? It's been three years since I last took a puff of the devil's (laughs) lettuce. Roughly 70% of the children uh, that claim... Roughly 70% of the children claim they died a violent or unnatural death. That's sad. In those cases, just over 70% of the deceased individuals were male, which is the same ratio as the general population. 90% of the children say that they were the same sex in their previous life as they are now. So it's often that, you know, That's a boy weird has reincarnation visions, memories of, of a, man. a man and a woman. Not going to lie, a lot of times I feel like in my previous life, I was not a chick. I was definitely a dude. Do you have a I big feel old like schlong? I, I feel like I used to stand up to pee. Were you OG Mudbone? What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no idea what that means. Are you annoyed with me right now because I'm old and don't know what you that means? You are old. You should know what he is. What the fuck is that? It's a porn star. Why would I know that? Because it's fucking hilarious. It's like the... You won't find it funny, but... Never mind. Okay. Just move on. 90% of the children say that... I already said this. <laughs> Just keep saying you it. keep then. interrupting me, dude. Shut up. <laughs> the median time... I thought this was interesting. The median time between claimed death of the person they think they are and birth of who they are is 16 months. Oh, wow. So it's really fast. Yeah. That they get reincarnated, supposedly, for most of them. Yeah. Vast majority, really, if that's your median time. Right. Well, no median. That's different than mean. Right. The median's kind of like an average. No, the mean is the average. The median is smack in the middle. It's the middle value. So you have, it doesn't average anything. It doesn't, it can't be affected by your outliers. The median's actually the best number. Just move on. You're a scientist, not an engineer. All right, I think I know better. 
Twenty percent of children claim memories of the time between death and rebirth. So kind of like purgatory. But there's no really consistent view of what it's like between the claims of those kids. Uh, some claim that they were in God's house and others say they waited near where they died before going inside their mother. Going inside. That just sounds wrong. It did. Yeah. Found that uncomfortable also. But what are you going to do? Like, hey, mom, what's up? <laughs> I'm ready. More cases are reported in countries where reincarnation is part of the religious culture, which makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, but there's no correlation between how strong a case is deemed and that family's belief in reincarnation. And I feel like that's almost, you know, the the with cases being higher in places where reincarnation is the belief in reincarnation more prevalent it, it makes complete sense because even going back to the imagination things of kids if it's something that you're taught then you're going to think about it more often as somebody who never heard about it before i agree but it still won't explain having memories of something that you shouldn't know anything about right but kids make things up kids and do make things up but then when you can them. Go and verify, which they do. They go and they verify this information. Right, but that's what I what I said. There's no correlation between how strong a case is deemed and that family's belief. Oh, okay, okay. Wine. Wine. I, I may have blocked out some of that memory already. Yeah. I don't have any possible memories. I can't even remember this <laughs> one. So this one was kind of interesting. The children generally... <laughs> Your voice just cracked. No, I created emphasis. The children generally have above average, above average IQs and do not possess any mental or emotional disorders beyond, you know, the average group of children. Quit taking my sock off. Stop. <laughs> Go in timeout, damn it. Did you even hear what I said? Yeah. What did I say? They don't have any, like, mental disorders. What about their IQs? They're really, they're higher than average. No, they're lower than average. You're full of shit. You're right. I was testing you. I was listening. I was uh -huh. also having fun because I have a higher than average IQ, so fuck you, man. Generally, it's the ones who have a lower than average IQ that have fun. No, I'm saying that I can have fun and still remember what the fuck you're That's talking about. That's not what about. you're saying. You would know. You're in my head. I'm going to pull your sock off mm -hmm. again, bitch. <laughs> Gonna put my sock on you. Twenty percent of children studied have similar deformities, injuries, or scar-like birthmarks resembling those of the person they remember. Birthmarks, bitches. Receiving at or near their death. Told you. So it's kind of like the pain thing, you know. You were talking about the guy, the, the general. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he feels that pain, but there's uh twenty percent of kids who have birthmarks or scars that resemble kind of how the person who they think they are how they Passed died away. yeah so like They're if you were shot in the chest or something you know the kid would have a birthmark on their chest right or third nipple what if they have a third nipple yeah i'm curious about that a certain someone i know has a third nipple mm -hmm. not you 
Someone else. Do you think he has a past life? Probably. He seems like a child that would probably have a, past a girl. Life. You think he's that sweet that he's? Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Sweet little baby boy. Mm-hmm. So back to Ryan. The book didn't provide any names of the actors. This was the book that they were that his mom pulled out from the library where he found himself and his friend George. Oh, okay. Uh, the book didn't provide any names of the actors, but Cindy quickly found out that the friend, who Ryan said was George, was indeed named George Raft. He was an actor um, from the 1930s and 40s. She was unable to identify the man that Ryan said was him. Well, that's kind of too bad, because then you would have been able to verify if this man had like three sons and... Maybe potentially what his Just house is like. Just quit being impatient and wait for it. Am I super smart? No. Maybe. Bad bro. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have probably figured it out from the fact that I wrote about this. <laughs> Above average IQ, right? You get so mad at me because I sit there and I figure out movies before the end of them. I do too. I just don't ruin it for you Uh uh-huh sure you do because when you sit and watch a movie and you shut your face you also get mad at me because i remember every face i've ever seen practically no you don't yes i do no you don't yes i do when would you say i haven't i'm good at this all the time how when have you ever known me to not remember a face yesterday the fuck yesterday man exactly Tucker, along with a crew of researchers working on a documentary, had attempted to find out who this man was. No. Yes. No. After weeks, uh, a, a, a film archivist searching through materials for the film night after night, uh, they were able to identify the man as Martin Martin. M-A-R-T-I-N. M-A-R-T-Y-N. Those parents suck. It's like John Johnson. Timmy. Timothy. Yeah. Wait. That doesn't make sense. Tommy Thompson. That's what I'm going for. Tommy Thompson. That's what I'm going for. Or Harry Dixon. There's a guy in the Erie Cemetery named Harry Ball. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, He's right inside Uh the door. (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) A former movie ex he was a former movie extra who had later become a powerful Hollywood agent and died in nineteen sixty four. Tucker went to the home of the Hammonds without telling them any of this, you know, newfound discoveries, uh, with four pictures of four women, three of them being random women. Of four women? Four women. Woman. Proper. Shut up. Tucker asked Ryan if any of them meant anything to him. After a few few moments of studying the photos, Ryan pointed to one saying that she had looked familiar and it was actually Martin Martin's wife. (laughs) She only looks vaguely familiar. I remember my kids, but my wife... eh. Right. Well, you couldn't remember the name of the kids. You pumped out three kids. I don't care about you anymore. Whatever. 
uh, Tucker was able to track down Martin's daughter. A meeting between Tucker and Martin's daughter confirmed 55 different details that Ryan had given about his life. Uh, Some of them being that Ryan had said he danced in New York, which Martin was a Broadway dancer. Uh, On the claim, he was an agent and that he worked at a place where people changed their names. Martin had worked for years as a well-known ta- at a well-known talent agency in Hollywood where stage names were often created for hmm. people. Uh, Ryan said that he lived at a, a place with rock in it. Martin lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills. Oh, that's interesting. Ryan said that I said he knew a man named Senator Five um, during a meeting with during that meeting with Tucker and Martin's daughter, she said that she had a picture of her father with Senator Ives, Irving Ives. He was a a New York Senator who served between 1947 and 1959. And Tucker was also able to confirm some more obscure facts that Ryan gave him, like how many children he had, how many times he was married, and even how many sisters he had. Now his daughter had thought that um, he only had one sister. But Tucker's research revealed that, you know, through census reports and, and other things, um, that he had two sisters. Huh, I wonder if the which family Ryan said. one. Maybe. I, it didn't go in more into depth than yeah. just saying that, you know, he had two actually, but yeah, or maybe she died when yeah. he was real young or That's whatever. That's interesting but, though. Um, so Ryan met with Martin's daughter where he became very shy and he had hid behind his mother after shaking the daughter's hand. But he later told his mom that the woman's energy changed. He said, I don't want to go back to Hollywood. I always want to keep this family. So following this, Ryan spoke less and less about Hollywood, you know, every day and his experiences as Martin and, um, it eventually kind of just fell off and tucker was saying that this often happens as children kind of validate those experiences Mm -hmm. and then they let them go like they they existed and they they finally figure out what it is that's going on and then they're able to make peace with it and let it be i also read that it has something to do with once they hit about seven years old they're starting to find their find themselves yes they're finding their new identity and they've let go of that past life and that past identity and they're embracing who they are now so that has something to do with them losing the memories definitely or having them be very faint you think that's why we don't remember anything when we're children because our memories are filled with somebody else's shit when we're children when we're babies. Oh, no. You don't know that for sure. I you can't disprove it. Brains. I don't know. Sometimes I want... From the stories that I hear from my mom about me and my sister, or my sister and myself as a child. Sister and I? No, not I as a child. Myself as a child. My sister and I. English proper. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was blah, blah, blah. That was English proper. Anyway, so sometimes I wonder if maybe 
there are things that she hasn't told me about my childhood that I don't really remember. She tells me new things all the time about things that I saw, things that I would experience, and I don't remember them, but apparently I used to see spirits all the time. Kind of wondering if maybe I said, if maybe I said things that I don't recall. That might be related. I don't know. I used I've never... to be Princess Diana. I bet you said that coming right out the womb. Uh-huh. When did Princess Diana die? 1997. Uh, well, there goes that. Yeah, a little bit. I might be Princess Diana. <laughs> I don't think you're regal enough for that, my love. Doesn't mean I'm the same person. I think you carry over some of the traits you with you. Dickhead. Thank you. The proper Definitely way, not a the princess. The proper way would have to, to have taken that situation and be like, yes, darling, you are the most noble. Anyway, was that your delightful reincarnation story? It sure was. I think that was really interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank Ryan slash Martin. Ryan slash Martin Martin. Martin Martin. Martin Martin. What a terrible name. Let's name our child. Lawrence Lawrence? No. We could totally do Lawrence Lawrence. Lawrence is a first name. It is a first name. In School of Rock, there's a kid named Lawrence. And I remember I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> Just because dork. it was the same name. It was a black kid, too. Do you want some more bruschetta? It was delicious. I can taste the garlic, and it's amazing. I made a delicious vodka sauce pasta with Italian sausage. There's not actually any vodka. That's not why we're drunk. No, it's Unfortunately. not. And then I made bruschetta, which may be some of the best bruschetta I've ever made. I really? could not stop. It's so good. I can't compare. That's the first bruschetta of yours I've ever had. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. I've had your dad's. I have not had yours. When Roger and Jolene were over, you had some. I, I made some a little while, but you are full of shit. I had the muscles. I did not have bruschetta. Anyway, it's delicious, isn't it? So I, I guess. I mean. He doesn't made like my, tomatoes. It made my pee-pee a little bit hard, but... Uh. Yeah, you liked that tomato, didn't you? Yeah, you mm, a new Maybe the way it exploded in my mouth. Don't edit that out. Are you ready for my story of reincarnation, you fucking freak? I have to pee. Go pee. I know we were trying to push through it, but... That's okay. Let's go pee. I have to urinate. I may go eat some more bruschetta because that shit was banging while he's upstairs doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Are you settled? So now it's time for your story. For question my mark exclamation story? point. Yes, I do have a story for you. Wow, that's new. I know. I never do this. I feel so dirty. This is new to me. <laughs> so in the Middle East, there's uh there's a small tightly knit community known as the Druze. And it's, it's a religious group that's entirely separate from Christianity, Judaism, uh, Islam. But it's located 
Um, in Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel a little bit. They believe in reincarnation as a central belief for them. So, supposedly? Supposedly. Supposedly. As soon as the baby is born, the baby is examined for birthmarks. Because the group believes that these are evidence of death wounds. Hmm. And then if they do find marks, once the child can speak, they try to find out about the child's past life. Especially how they would have died. So, this is something that's really important to this religion as a whole. Interesting. Is the belief in past life. They believe that, that at age three, the child can discern the difference uh, between the timelines of their past life and their present lives. Mm-hmm. So this is when they'll try to take the child to visit places that they think they may have previously lived to see if it sparks more memories and kind of, they want, they want to find out. They very much acknowledge that kids are imaginative and they don't say that everything a kid says is proof of past life. They want to take the child around and say, does this spark memory? Does this spark memory? Does this spark memory? And line up things that seem unrealistic for the child to know with things that are just a kid making up stories. Right. right? So it seems like they really take an interest in pursuing this a little further than maybe other cultures do. So at age three, that's a big thing. And apparently it's kind of a big event. So they put together a board of inquiry and the village elders will take part in investigating this child's past life. I don't have an exact time, but sometime before 1998, a large board of inquiry was formed for an unnamed three-year-old boy who was a member of the group in the Golan Heights region between Syria and Israel. I tried to look up what the what the country this region is look what country this region is located in like um because it's it says it's between Syria and Israel but there doesn't seem to be any kind of agreement Israel goes hey it's in the northeast corner of our country and then Syria goes oh well it's in the southwest corner of our country so i don't really know where golan heights is it's somewhere smack in the middle and apparently it's fought over do they only take the kids to local places or do they take them around the world if the kids like i see chevys and fords based on what i was reading i would assume that most of these are poor rural farming communities that probably don't have those kinds of resources but the assumption is that they're being reborn within their their communities i don't know how that holds up with other reincarnation theories i did not look into that so anyway uh this boy the three-year-old that they'd formed this inquiry for before Mm -hmm. 1998 he'd been born with this long red birthmark on his head and had said that he lived in a neighboring village in his past life he said he'd been murdered with an axe but could not remember his previous name or that of his murderer so this is something he'd been telling Everybody since an early age was, I was murdered with an axe. He had this birthmark. So, of course, they're naturally based on their religion going, hey, this is something we should look into further, right? So, his story is of such interest in the area that when they go to form his inquiry group, it was larger than normal. And it included members from his and three other local villages. So, it was 
elders from all over the place and family members. And um, there was also one guy, professor named Eli Lash, who was very interested in reincarnation. This guy's from Israel. He was the only non-Druze individual permitted to join the group. Hmm. So he was kind of special. Congrats. All right. So the investigation begins and they kind of, they walk this boy around from village to village. And they've gone to the, those other local villages and they, it wasn't until the third village, which was in Syria, which I think is not the same country that he was born in. I think he's from Israel. I think he's from Mm -hmm. the other side based on what I'm reading. So they get to this third village and the boy says, this is where he lived. And this, and this is when he starts to have a whole bunch of memories of his past return. Once in the village, he's able to recall his name from his past life. So this so name... like sparked his. Yeah. Being there and seeing the people and seeing the buildings, it really sparked his memory. So he remembers his name. And there's a, an older guy that's on his uh, inquiry, inquiry group that recognizes the name. He's from that village. He goes, I know this person. Uh, he said that the man that the boy had named had disappeared four years before without a trace. And since it's kind of a war-torn region, the fellow villagers thought that maybe he'd been killed or captured or accused of being a spy or something. He just disappeared. They didn't know what happened to him. So the group of the kids starts walking through the village and the locals had gathered to witness it, right? Because it's, it's a big deal. Mm, other people believe in it they want to know they're interested so the boys they're walking around and the boy's able to name local villagers and he's pointing out landmarks and he even points to the house that he had used to live in in his past life and it's this is all correct right so at one point the boy uh stops by a group of people and he singles out one man he walks up to the man and he says the man's name and then he says I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight and you killed me with an axe. So the man, when he had, the, when the kid says the man's name, the man acknowledges that that is his name. Uh-huh. And that obviously there's this group of people there. So they all know him. It's not, they're not large communities, right? He says, yep, that's my name. And then this kid goes, I used to be your neighbor. You killed me with an axe. So the man goes, he reportedly went pale, but doesn't admit to any crime. So the little boy turns around and tells everyone, I even know where he buried my body. Damn. Right? (laughs) I know, right? Then the boy goes and he leads them on a search for the body. And they go walking through all these fields until they get to this point. The report says that the, the, the man that the boy had recognized as his murderer was asked to come along. Quote, unquote, asked to come along. And he just followed. How polite is that? Right. Yeah, That's I a killed nice guy. you. I killed you with an axe. I stabbed you in the face, but sure, I'll I'll come along for this ride. Maybe he was just hoping that it was just a joke or something. Yeah, right. So they're going through all these fields, and the boy finally finds this field that he thinks it's right, and he stops in front of a pile of stones and he says, "He buried my body here under these stones and the axe over there." So, of course, what do they do? They move the stones and they dig. And underneath of the stones, they find the skeleton of an adult man in farmer's clothing. And the skull had a split right down the front 
same place as the kid's birthmark that was too clean. It definitely looked like they they deduced that it was an axe or some sharp instrument that would have caused this kind of an injury. So, of course, they're going, well, shit, this kid knew where this was, right? And he says the axe is over there. Let's go check that out. <laughs> so they walk on over and they dig and it didn't take them very long. That thing apparently wasn't buried that deeply. They dig and they find the axe. So this guy who had been accused and is following the group along, everybody turns around and they're like, yo, dude. What you got you some explaining to do. You got some explaining to do. Okay. Yeah. They turn around and they look at him. He's like, well, shit, you caught me. Yeah throws his hands up in a big old shrug. Yeah, so the boy had accused him and he eventually confronted with all the evidence, just admitted to everything. So So this was in a neighboring community, correct? Yes, right. It's not in his community. It doesn't, from the sound of it, it wasn't even in the same country, which I think is interesting. Hmm. So, although he admitted, admitted to the murder, the villagers didn't hand him over to the police. They said they would decide on his punishment. And there's no record of what happened to him, but I can imagine it wasn't pretty. Right. This three-year-old kid managed to solve a four-year-old mystery from a neighboring village that turns out to be this disgusting grizzly murder with an axe. Did they ever say why he murdered him? No, I didn't see any of that information. It's I looked just and an I looked. argument? Mm-hmm. There was a fight. Which isn't that surprising. Sometimes people just, they turn. Right. There was a, a story in Pennsylvania this week of a, one guy at a sheets coughing without covering his mouth. Another guy yelled at him for causing coronavirus and tried to run him over with his car. So the first guy who did the coughing pulls out his gun and shoots through the windshield. Like, people are stupid. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, if it doesn't take a whole lot. Get, if somebody tries to run you over with their car. Yeah, but he's trying to run him over with a car for coughing. Right, but if somebody's trying to run you over with their car, you're going to take a, you know. Right. No, I'm action. not I'm not saying anything about the guy that certainly shooting at somebody's not the right action, but right. absolutely running somebody over for coughing without covering their mouth is yeah, definitely not the right response ignorant. to the situation. So people do stupid shit. This is probably just a fight over something dumb and somebody got mad and smacked the other in the face with an axe and then the end. Like, oh shit. <laughs> I gotta right? get rid of the evidence. So this kid knows all this shit and there's no reason for him to know it. They're neighboring communities. They're not that close. It's probably a mountainous region based on what I was reading. So, they're probably right. not like that if, close. If the community could, it, and if the, the community couldn't figure it out, why the fuck would this random ass kid know? Right, and that's the thing. The community didn't have any reason to think that he was murdered. Like they were saying, they thought he he basically just disappeared. It's a war torn region. He could have been convicted of being a spy. He just he up and disappeared. It could have been for any number of reasons. They didn't think necessarily that he was murdered. So why this kid would know that he was murdered and where the axe was buried and who uh-huh. had murdered him? Was Imagine just... growing up being that kid. Yeah, you know, at the age of four, I solved the crime. It's like Sean Spencer. Yeah, right. So I wanted to before. That's the end of the story about the reincarnation, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the one person that was along to account for this. 
because the only account of this comes from Eli Lash, who was the non-Druze member that was invited along. So the Eli, psychiatrist. What yeah. Was he? yeah psychiatrist. Eli Lash, um, like I said, he was the only non-Druze witness of this, and his account is what's been documented. So he's still a well-respected doctor. He he's held in very high esteem. But back in, um, he was like this big wig medical doctor in Israel where he had, uh, he'd helped develop a medical system in the Gaza Strip back in the 1960s. And he eventually made the move from medicine to therapist and spiritual healer. So he decided medicine isn't really for me. I believe more in the spiritual side of things. Religion really took over his life. Mm-hmm. But he was still very, very well respected up until his death, which I th- think was in 2009. In 1998, he told this story of what he claimed to have witnessed to a German therapist named uh, Trutz Hardo, who practices past life regression therapy. So this is somebody who also is very interested in past lives and spiritualism and all that, right? So the two had become really good friends. Almost a decade before, back in 1989, when Hardo, as Hardo puts it, they had helped each other find their way back to their previous lives. So they they had met at a conference and they both were like, yo, let's go do this and let's find our past selves. Let's eat some shrooms and freaking take a trip to our past life. Right. So I don't know. You know how those germs be. So when Lash had shared his story with his old buddy old pal hardo <laughs> right <laughs> that's what they were they were old buddy old pal uh-huh. uh hardo was at the time writing a book that he was going to call it was to be called children who have lived before so this is published and it's about kids who remember their past lives and supposedly hardo says that the stories that were included were all verified I really don't know how you verify this story, though, because Lash often couldn't remember the names of people or he simply refused to give them, saying, you know, confidentiality, I'm not giving this up. So I don't, how do you verify that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's my friendship is good enough for uh, to be considered a reliable source, right. but it was a little weird. But it's still an interesting story. Definitely. And there are loads of accounts of this particular story online, but unfortunately, pretty much everything, everything that almost everything that's documented comes from Doctor Lash. So there's very little else anywhere that comes from the people, and that makes sense. It's probably a very insular community in a rural area. There's probably not a huge yeah. amount of documentation, of stuff, especially so. people having. A, there might be more documentation, but the people having access to put that out is probably very slim religious community speaking languages that aren't english and the people that are interested in it are probably english-speaking people for the most part yeah but uh, we would like to think at least that somebody who practices this stuff is not going to just front on you would hope especially as an MD and a psychiatrist, and these two are both people that have been practicing this for ages, you would hope that they would do this with some scientific backbone to it. And respect to the community, correct. So, that is my story of a three-year-old boy solving his own murder. Thank you for sharing that with us, Ms. Emily. 
I hear you. Miss Emery. Emery. So I hear you have a little listener story for us. For sure. Who's it from? Christian. Who's it, who's it from? Christian. Christian. From Cali, baby. California. I only went to California once. Wasn't a fan, but it was Sacramento and it was smack in the middle of the city in November. And you so also were there when there was a fire. One of the yeah, it was the biggest fire. That was the what was the name of that fire? That was know. the biggest fire. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, so he starts his story. And hi, I'm Christian, and I'm here to tell you my ghost story. Thanks, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Hi. I already said that. I'm 19, and I've been a firm believer of the paranormal for quite some time. I live in an apartment complex, and I've never been told of any hauntings or anything scary, except that it's apparently in a bad part of town. Last night, there was a knock on my door, and I assumed that it was a neighbor or something like that. So I go to answer, but no one is there. I brush it off as a prank, so I close the door after looking outside. Then I realized I didn't hear any footsteps, and I would have because the stairs up to my apartment vibrate and make very loud noises when stepped on. Then I hear knocking again, but this time quieter and quicker. I go to answer again, and no one is there once more. I start to get angry, yet freaked out about this. I close the door and wait at the door. Again, something knocked, but really hard and loud, that it woke up my roommates. I answer quickly, and again, nothing. That's when my roommates ask me what is happening. I tell them the story, and they think that I'm joking. So they go back to their rooms. As they walk away, I see a very tall man with the most horrific face on my balcony. It has holes where his cheeks should be, and his teeth are protruding out of his face. I tell my two roommates to rush back to see this, but he's already gone. I go out to my balcony, reluctantly, and on the floor where he was standing are teeth that are black like charcoal. I freaked out and show my roommates, and they realized I wasn't joking. After some talking, I decided to go to bed about an hour later, and then I wake up really early in the morning, and I see the man standing over me. And moments later, he gives me this terrifying scream that sounds like he's gurgling saliva and is choking. So gross. <laughs> that is so gross. Right? You know how I feel about teeth. And then have it standing over you when you're sleeping. How the fuck you even slept after that? I don't know. I would not be able to sleep. Me either. My brother. I had no idea what to do, so I hide under my blanket. And when the screaming stopped, I peeked out of my blanket and find nothing. That's something I would totally do. Like, the blanket Just is wait the shield, it goes right? Away, like, right? I told it you, does. my blanket is my shield. It's my, my We were watching thing. a haunting, and then, I mean, that kid, right? Like, yeah, right. He just stayed on his blanket because he doesn't want to look. Didn't I just tell you earlier, what was it, yesterday we were playing um, My Worst Fear or something, and we were, I was telling you how things under the bed freak me out, and blankets are my security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They are. I mean, I, for whatever reason, not that it would like stop from anything, but I think it's just, it's that it's, comfort. It's a comfort. It makes you feel a little safer uh-huh. and it blocks out. It it hides you. I think that's right. a big thing. I always felt like it hid me. It looked like an empty bed. There's nobody here. Yeah. Like there's not a lump under that thing. Right? 
Well, as a child, you I don't know. care, <laughs> right? Even as adults, sometimes I don't care. <laughs> like, hide me under the covers. See, as a kid, I always, I wouldn't put my limbs out. Right. But I would keep my face out so I could see what was happening. I still I wouldn't, put my limbs I wouldn't out. move my body, but I would like, or my head really. Like, I'd move it a little bit, really slowly, a little mm-hmm. bit at a time. So that whatever it was that I thought was there didn't notice that it was moving. Or I thought it wouldn't notice that it was moving. But I would just like try to see things out of my peripheral. and I definitely don't hang my arms over the side of the bed. I still to this day do not hang my arms over cannot. the side of the bed because it freaks me out. I feel like something's going to grab it. Something will grab you if you leave Don't your... say that. Don't leave your hands outside Especially of the bed. Especially if you let the cats in. They're definitely grabbing my arms. Right, dude, that would freak you fuck out. <laughs> Those sharp ass teeth grabbing your fingertips. Fucking assholes. <laughs> so he continues. I told my roommates that I was moving out the next morning, and that's the end of my story. I understand this story is long, so you can shorten it however you like, and I hope you guys enjoyed reading my scary paranormal experience. So, M had responded, asking if he had seen it again, to which he had replied, I saw him again a night or two ago. He was just standing there looking at me, not screaming like before, just standing. I got a good glimpse of him better than before. His skin was charred and seemed to morph around tightly on his bones. He looked a lot like a skeleton at this point, and it was disgusting. I ended up hiding under my blanket again until I heard footsteps in my door opening. That's when my roommate told me he woke up from a nightmare telling me of this man he saw. My eyes widened when he told me the exact description of the charred man I saw. His dream was that... He saw the man. His dream was that he saw the man standing over me as I was hiding, and he grabbed me by the neck. Then he woke up and rushed to my room, and that's the last I saw of the charred man. I wonder if he, when he moved into this apartment, or shortly before all this happened, he had purchased a piece of furniture or something, because this thing, with him. this thing followed him, right? And if he didn't have it. It, this happening before what sparked this that's okay. gross though i can't with the teeth uh-uh that's christian christian man with the teeth you got me i might have nightmares about that shit not gonna lie i fucking hate teeth uh-uh uh-uh, uh-uh. like i can deal with the ugly ass face something standing over my bed probably gonna scare me but you throw teeth into the mix Nope, I'm done. Well, now that you say that out loud, Elizabeth's dentures are going to fall out on your face. Don't even. That's not funny. You're the one who talked about it, dude. You brought it into the universe. It's going to happen. Elizabeth, please. Keep your dentures in your mouth. (laughs) No teeth, man. No teeth. She's been fairly quiet, although I have heard a few footsteps when uh, lately, I think today, when the boys were down for a nap, the neighbors weren't home. Like Pam was gone and the other smokers were gone mm-hmm. while you were out and i very clearly heard footsteps all was it when the i house. first went up because i went to the bathroom i don't think no no it wasn't when you were here it's when the boys were already down before you got home mm. so i heard footsteps all over and it was clear whatever it is must be scared of me it's less active or maybe when it you're just here. really likes fucking with you i think there's I don't know if more sensitive is, is the correct description for it of me, why perhaps I experience things more than you do, but 
maybe there's something about me. Like I, I know my family tends to have um, higher electrical conductivity than other families do. We kill batteries faster. Higher so copper content. Maybe we just draw more energy to us. I don't know. See, I say like that it's more scared of me, but I feel, you know, a ghost ain't going to be scared of me. I'm not scared of you. I feel like the ghost tonight. You should be. <laughs> the ghost tonight is going to be like, yo, fuck you. I ain't scared of you, bitch. I'm going to lift you up and smack you on the ceiling. I'm not going to Don't lie. do that to me, ghost, please. Thank you. Ever since I would I, appreciate it. Ever since I started having those nightmares about the thing grabbing me outside of the bedroom and pinning me up against the ceiling in the boys' room. Ever since I started having those nightmares, every time I have to go to the bathroom. Of course, it's always at 3 a.m. that I have to be right. in the middle of the night. I'm bolting the fuck out of there. And the cats, when they come in to keep me company, it makes me feel so much better. Because I'm like, if you see something, I'm going to know it. (laughs) They just start. They start freaking out. I'm going to be ready. And I'm just going to bolt the fuck out of here. I'm not even going to stay in the house. I'm going to run out the door. (laughs) You ain't going to warn me or nothing? No. I'm just going to hear. Like a NASCAR going by. (laughs) Like a NASCAR running by. I love you. You're on your own. Peace. Yeah, fuck you too. (laughs) See how it is. Oh, my goodness. Nightmares tonight. Well, if you enjoy us, don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drink Drunk Dead. And again, back to what we talked about last episode. We're going to hold off on our giveaway for a little bit. I don't think we figured out really a, an end date for that yet. No, we're... I think we're going to hold off altogether. We're not accepting any new entries. We we received a few. We're going to hold on to those and put them into an actual entry once listenership gets back up. Because we kind of want this to be a little more fair than just, hey, three entries or something. So. So we'll um, let you know. We'll keep yeah, we'll let there. you know. We'll keep you posted. Once things hopefully get back to normal. But yeah, follow us on social media. If you have a story you'd like to share, we would love to hear it. You can send that to us at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if you just need somebody to talk to about anxiety and some shit that you're dealing with, I'm here. I know what it's like. I've been through crap, so I can relate and good shoulder to lean on. I think I think that's about it for tonight. Shall we raise a toast? Raise a toast to, to our, our ghosts. ghosts.